Welcome to the No Fluff Small Business Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Sam DiNicola, owner of the digital marketing agency, Sam DiNicola Digital, and coach for entrepreneurs looking to start and grow their own small businesses. This podcast is for anyone who wants to market their business effectively without huge budgets, massive teams, or burnout and overwhelm. I'll be cutting through all of the noise to give you straightforward and actionable tips so you can apply my knowledge and expertise in your small business. I truly believe that anyone can start and grow a business. So if you're ready to set aside the excuses and the fear and to start making the moves you need to be able to successfully promote your small business, keep listening. All right, let's get started with no fluff. Today, I wanted to share an episode of a podcast that I was on a couple of months ago. This is the Tipsy Business Podcast with Carly, and on it, I talked all about using Facebook groups for organic lead generation, and these are the exact strategies that I used to add over $100,000 in revenue to my business in less than six months as a solopreneur, and that was with only five hours of lead generation per month. So these tips and these strategies are so doable for you. If you are looking to add revenue to your business, definitely give it a listen, and I'll let past Sam and past Carly take it away on the Tipsy Business Podcast. Do you know what the best way to find clients is? The easy way. Whatever program or platform that you use to find clients effortlessly is the best way. This week, my pal Sam DiNicola is telling us her favorite way to find clients. She's made an entire system out of using Facebook groups to generate and convert leads. This is an entirely new idea to me. I was totally guilty of thinking that this won't work for me in my business before even giving it a chance. After talking with Sam and reading her guide, I am 100% convinced that this is an opportunity just about everyone should be taking advantage of. I met Sam at a business retreat in 2018, and we've since become good friends. We're in a mastermind together, and we got certified as magnetic coaches together. I've learned so much about streamlining my business from Sam because she pushes me to think more like a service-based business, which I talk about in episode three, Thinking Outside of Your Industry. Since we're both coaches, you know there's a little bit of mindset chatting in this episode too. One of the goals I have for the client bundle is to help people see that finding those high-paying clients does not have to be hard. It gets to be easy. Sam's guide is an excellent example of letting it be easy. She's spending as little as five hours a month on lead generation from Facebook, which creates consistent and reoccurring revenue in her business. Finding clients doesn't have to be hard or time-consuming, but often we make it that way. You can find Sam's guide on using Facebook groups to generate leads in the client bundle. You can learn all about this bundle of goodies at www.theclientbundle.com. This episode does contain a lot of curse words, so it's best to listen after the little kids go to bed. Okay, I'm going to hit play on this week's episode. (music) 
Welcome to the Tipsy Business Podcast, where we have conversations about all things business while we sip our favorite cocktails. I'm your host, Carly, and I'm here to help you grow your business and bank account while living your best life. Learn the good, bad, and ugly from my journey of owning and scaling two businesses and get real business tips and tricks from other creatives and entrepreneurs. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and get tipsy on business with us. Hi. <laughs> um, hi. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing so great today. So tell us just a little bit about who you are. I know that you quit your job, your full-time job, and I honestly don't know if I know that whole story. So please enlighten us. Yeah. Okay. So I started my business in 2014 while I was getting my master's degree in integrated marketing communications. And I started my business kind of how a lot of people, a lot of um, people that I work with started their business. And that is somebody asked me, oh, I have this business. Could you do social media for my business? And I was like, yeah, obviously I can. And that is how my business started. Um, My digital marketing agency started and I ran it um, from 2014 to 2018 while working full-time and living in New York. And then... In 2018, um, well, to be more precise, at SantaCon of 2017, um, because I make all my best decisions while I am tipsy, um, (laughs) I basically decided that it was time for me to go full-time in my business and leave my full-time job. So in September 2018, I did that. My husband and I left New York City and I went full-time in my business. And I've been running my business as a full-time entrepreneur ever since then, um, running my digital marketing agency. And now I'm also a business coach as well. Okay. So how did you find your first clients other than like just the, the friends? Yeah. So my very first client, I, that's how I kind of just fell into my, my business. And then, um, over the years, I really, because I was working full time, um, while I was running my business and, um, I really did not like have a lot of time to like screw around with all of these different like lead gen strategies that you see online. So, um, for the first, you know, from 2014 to 2018, I really ran my business basically only on referrals. Like I didn't have a website until I left my full-time job. Um, so I really built my business, um, to 50,000 a year in revenue just by, you know, giving my clients really great service and, um, you know, through referrals and not just referrals from my clients, but also from like friends and family. I've always been super vocal about like sharing what I do. Um, so that makes it really easy for, um, my friends and family to, refer clients to me as well. So that was like my main source of um, clients while I was working full time. And just since then, in 2019, I really decided that I wanted to start scaling my business. So I added 150K in like projected recurring revenue to my business in 2019. And about 100,000 of that 
was in less than six months through um, a few other lead generation strategies that I've just really developed over the last year and a half or so that really have been effective for my business and my clients use them as well now. That's amazing. You added $100,000 in revenue in like six months. Essentially in projected like projected recurring revenue. Yeah, because it wasn't like cash in hand um, because Mm -hmm. like my digital agency clients are all really long term clients for me. It's very strange for me to have a client for like less than a year. Um, So and because I really focus on that, you know, service and everything. So I'm able to like project my revenue pretty um, steadily. Mm -hmm. So how do you retain those clients that you get? I always, um, I mean, first of all, I know niching is like so fucking trendy right now and everybody loves a niche, but, um, for me, like, I think a lot of times people confuse exactly what niching is because it doesn't have to be just a specific industry. It could be the type of person that you help, or it could be, um, the transformation that you provide. Right. So I'm super clear, uh, in terms of who I'm helping and how I'm helping them with my digital marketing agency. And then also with my coaching clients. So I try to be really clear on that. And, you know, even back when I was getting referrals as my main source of leads, when I was working full time, you have to just get really good at saying no to people who are not the right fit. And and when you're first starting out, you know, not everybody has that luxury. And I totally get that. But as you start to grow your business, getting better and better at saying no and knowing, you know, what is a good what clients are going to be a good fit for you and who aren't which ones aren't going to be. And you start to develop like your own red flags um, around that a lot of the time. And then, you know, I'm just really upfront and real with my clients. I kind of um, joke with some of my friends and family that, you know, all I have to do is get a lead on a call. And then nine times out of 10, they're going to become a client because I specifically tell them on my discovery calls, like, I'm not here to just tell you yes, 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 and do whatever you want. That's not what you're paying me for. You could get a VA to do that for you. Like I'm here to develop an effective strategy for you and for your business. And so if you come to me and say, Sam, you know, I saw someone else doing X, Y, Z. Can we do that? And I might say, yeah, sure. We can do that. Or I might say, well, we can kind of do that, but it would actually look like this. Or I might tell you no. And it's like, I'm not just here to tell you yes to everything because you might want to do something that is not right. And like, that's what you pay me to do. So Mm -hmm. um, I really approach my relationship with my um, clients as more of a partnership, um, which really helps to keep them long term. I love that. And I love what you said about niche, niching down and all that, because I really don't, for CZ Imitations, I grew that to six figures pretty quickly, not having a super niche market, you know, like I serve anybody and everybody. And I think there's a lot of value in getting really specific on who it is that you want to serve, but you can be successful serving really anybody. (laughs) Yeah, like not to be whatever, but when you're like growing and you're getting your first couple of clients, like we don't need to be extremely picky. Like if somebody's outside of your niche that you're thinking of, like, are we really saying no to that person? Like maybe that's going to be a better Mm -hmm. type of client for you. So I really I know it's so trendy, but I mean, do it in a way that makes sense for you. So it might not be an Mm -hmm. industry specific niche. It could be who you help and how you help. Yeah. And I love that you also said you don't just tell your clients like, yes, yes, yes. I'm not just going to do whatever you want them to do. I think that a lot of people struggle with that. Like, especially when I started, I said yes to everything because it was just like, sure, pay me. (laughs) Um, And you get more comfortable (laughs) with that over time. But you 
remind me so much of Nathan because he's also an Enneagram eight. And so that just comes like so naturally for you to just be like, no, (laughs) but for, I'd say the vast majority of us, majority of us, that's not like a natural, a natural thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I always try, like, especially when I'm um, working with some of my coaching clients, I really try to help get them to like reframe it. Right. So like, okay, well, you know, it's not you saying no, if it helps, you can explain it to them in a way of like, I don't think that's a good idea. And here's why. And maybe we can do something else that looks like, you know, this or X, Y, Z, like if it helps to not think of, you know, a lot of people's hangups with saying no, is just like, I'm being, you know, really unhelpful and I'm just shutting them down. And it's like, I, you know, there's very few times where I'm just tell a client like, no, fuck off. Right. I've never said that, but you know, I am telling them why it's not a good fit or what their version of that thing could look like. Um, because you know, I really, it goes back to that partnership thing of like, I really have them and their business like at the forefront of my mind and I want what's best for it. And again, that's what they pay me for. And so a red mm-hmm. flag that some people might find, especially in their in the service-based industry is those people that see everything online and want to do everything that they see other people doing online. They want to do that. Or, you know, this person who has an Instagram account must know everything about Instagram. So if they just tell them one piece of advice about their Instagram strategy, they're going to immediately come to you and be like, well, why aren't we doing this? And sometimes you have to tell them like, well, that person doesn't know what they're talking about. So your niece can (laughs) go away. Like, sorry, we get a lot of that. <laughs> yes, I I totally agree with everything. And what you said about reframing it is, you know, anytime that you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to other things. So and same, you know, when you say no to something, you're able to say yes to something else. And so getting clear on that and having that like open communication with your clients um probably makes it really easy to retain them because you know, you're not just doing whatever they they think is right because they're not the professional, you know, you are. That's what that's what they're paying you for. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, you have to remind them of that. And, uh, you know, that's fine for me. The red flag for me is someone who doesn't trust what I'm doing and doesn't trust me to do it. Uh, That's a big red flag for me. And I know that that person is not if they're going to be like micromanaging me, that's not going to be a good fit. And so part of that really goes into developing your own red flags and you know, like I said, I know it's hard in the beginning. You can't, you don't always feel like you can be as picky, but really developing like a strong base relationship so that nobody is feeling, you know, taken advantage of or underappreciated on either side, I think is really the key to a long-term client relationship. Yeah. So you've mentioned red flags a couple different times. What do you do when you see those red flags? Like how do you go about turning a client away or saying no to them in that way. Cause I think that's really, I was actually just talking to one of my coaching clients about this. Like it's really, really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of times, like, even if when you're first starting out, you, you have, it's like your intuition, right? You kind of get a bad vibe for someone. And there's been so many times where I've been on a client call, a discovery call, and I end up working with a client kind of going into it being like, I, I think this is going to bite me in the ass later. Mm-hmm. And then like six months later, it does. And I have to fire them. Right. Because mm-hmm. they're just it's not a good fit. Um, but I have I've had clients like, you know, doing lead generation and getting on discovery calls to get their second client. And 
you know, they'll kind of be like, well, yeah, it's just been kind of hard to get a hold of him. So that's been frustrating. And so kind of making sure that you're thinking about, okay, so what does that mean? Do I need to change my process around that to better be able to communicate with these people and get them on the phone faster without me having to follow up as much? Or is that a, oh, this person isn't engaged enough. And so it's going to be really hard for me to work with them as a client because they're not engaged. They're not going to get me the content or the information that I need. And But you're, you'll kind of feel that out even from the beginning. You'll get a bad feeling and just recognizing, is that something that you can improve with a system or a process? Or is that really because it's not a good fit and just really trying to get good at recognizing those signals early on? And then obviously, if if a relationship turns sour or, you know, there was no way to tell somebody seemed great in the beginning and then, you know, whatever, something happened. I think just really being clear with them, like, listen, this is just like not really I think we need to make some adjustments in terms of you know, and whatever it is that you're having trouble with in terms of our workflow, in terms of our communication, you know, in terms of you not emailing me at 2 a.m. and then emailing me (laughs) at 7 a.m. asking why I haven't responded, whatever it is, right? (laughs) I mean, just communicate it to them because a lot of those people don't realize they're being ridiculous until you politely pointed out that that is not the way that you do business. And again, that's also reframing, right? So I got, I had to put all, I put all my clients onto Slack recently and I have some clients who are a little older and are not as tech savvy, but I kind of explained it in a way where, you know, I'm going to get you onto Slack so that not only can I answer any questions that you have, but my team is going to be in Slack. So we're going to be able to better serve you. Everything's going to be in one place. So you'll always know if you're trying to look for an answer that I sent you once, you know, it's going to be in that one place. So it's going to make everything much more seamless. And, you know, just being upfront and trying to communicate things and, and frame it in a way of this is going to be positive for you because X, Y, Z. And then if they still are not respecting those boundaries, you know, really having the confidence in yourself to fire them because you know that you can go out and get a better client. That's going to be a better fit for you. That's going to make you feel better, you know, in the day to day and have a better relationship. Yeah. You nailed it. That's all amazing. (laughs) Um, So I know that when (laughs) the last time we were together, you kept saying how you've never had to really do lead gen. You've never really had to find clients because they always find you and through referrals. And one of the other things that I know that you've talked about is being really active in Facebook groups. So can you Mm -hmm. just give us a little intro into how you use Facebook groups for to find your clients um, and find ideal clients that you hopefully don't have to fire or don't have those red flags. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I mentioned that in 2019, I added 150K in recurring revenue to my business and um, 100K of that was in less than six months. Um, And I would say 90% of that was through referrals and Facebook groups. So Facebook groups are amazing. And I know that some people kind of have a bad taste about them. They take too long. You know, everybody's always answering, you know, somebody posts an in search of XYZ. I'm looking to hire a web developer. And then there's immediately 200 responses on that. Nobody's ever going to see it, whatever. Um, and people kind of start telling themselves these stories about how Facebook groups don't work for them. But 
I would say of that 100K that I added to my business, 60%, $60,000 was probably at least from Facebook groups. And that was me doing Facebook group lead generation for less than five hours a month. Wow. Um, because you can be really strategic about how you're using Facebook groups um, and really make them work for you. Um, so I've had a lot of success. I have clients who are now using Facebook groups to um, do their lead generation. And I mean, you can get I, I've had it where I'm like, OK, I'm going to get a new client this week. And then I literally just sit down with a glass of wine <laughs> for like two hours at night. And I have like two to three discovery calls booked by the next week. So, and just from spending two hours doing that, um, Mm -hmm. so they can be really effective. So essentially you're just sitting down and like making those connections, right? Like you're not, you're not, are you going in and like pitching yourself? I mean, it seems like you're just answering people's questions, right? It's both. So you're, so you're, you're sharing content and you're engaging. Okay. Those are kind of the two biggest things with Facebook groups. So what does that look like? So creating content is going to be obviously creating content that is valuable and relevant for people in that Facebook group, in those Facebook groups. And you're sharing that content and you're trying to get them to, you know, go to your website answer a question, comment on your post, whatever. Right. And then the rest of it is engaging. So engaging is mostly responding to those in search of or opportunity posts, people looking to hire someone for something. And then the other half of engagement is being a resource. Um, I've had for myself and for clients um, within one week of being active in a Facebook group and answering questions and becoming a resource and becoming known as that resource, other people will start to tag them in posts. So like Carly, if you jumped in a Facebook group and you were like, Hey, I'm trying to figure out how to make those great graphics for my podcast so that I can share them on Instagram. Right. Does anybody know how to do that? And if I was like consistently kind of answering questions and sharing resources around podcasting or social media, it's really likely that a third person in this group would actually tag me in a comment on your post. So then you are automatically thinking like, oh, I don't Sam knows some shit about some shit right here. Like, oh, she can probably help me. Maybe I want to hire that out. Maybe I'll see if she can do that or if she can tell, point me in the direction of somebody else who can do that. And I've had that happen to myself and to multiple clients within a week of being active in Facebook groups. So it's like you're getting a referral from someone you don't even know in a Facebook group. It's great. That's so cool. So like you don't you don't know the people that are tagging you, right? They just see that you're active and answering questions no. and like you obviously oh, know what you're talking about. And so they tag you. Yeah. And it's either sometimes it's a moderator of the group, but sometimes, you know, if any anybody who's spent any time in Facebook groups, there's always like a few people who are just like super facey in the group. Like, I don't know what they're doing with their lives, but they are just always <laughs> up in that group. Right. And it's normally that person. Um, but yeah, and it's it's amazing. I mean, I don't know what like Tina is doing over here, but she's just like all up in this Facebook group. And you know what? If she wants to tag me, great, because that that's going to tell you, Oh, it, this girl, Tina's tagging Sam, like, you know, Sam must know some stuff, right. Versus me commenting and being like, Oh, I can make that for you. Right. It's, um, you're going to become a warmer potential lead at that point. Yeah. 
This episode of the Tipsy Business Podcast is brought to you by The Client Bundle. Designed by Lainey and I have come together to bring you a comprehensive resource to answer the question we get asked most often, which is how do we find clients? The Client Bundle includes all the things that we've done to scale our businesses, which starts with finding clients. We know that there isn't one way to get clients, so we've bundled our top seven ways to attract and book high-paying clients. If you're sick of wondering where your next client is coming from, or if you just want to take the stress out of finding your next client, then the Client Bundle is designed just for you. In addition to seven eBooks valued at over $400, we're throwing in tons of freebies that you won't be able to find anywhere else, including a styled shoot checklist, a guide to help you figure out where to start, copy and paste email templates, a private Facebook group, and so much more. All of this is only $157 from March 2nd through the 8th. Growing your business starts with growing your clientele. We're so excited to share all the ways that we find clients so that you can too. This offer won't be around long, so head over to theclientbundle.com now to get on our wait list. Because you're so good at finding people in Facebook groups, um, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I swear that you saying that was like a whole new revolution. I had no idea that people did this. It didn't make any sense to me. Uh, but it, I mean, it makes sense now. And I can't believe that like I didn't know that was a thing. But anyway, because you're so good at that, we asked you to contribute to the client bundle and I'm so excited for your for your ebook because it's it is really good and I think it's different. I think it's so different than what people think of when it comes to getting clients, which is m- most people find it really or think that it's really hard. They think it's going to be really hard to find clients because they're like I think usually looking in the wrong places. So, I'm super excited for that ebook. Can you give us just a little a little glimpse of what what they can find in that? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so funny that you say that because um, we do really think sometimes we all kind of get in our own, oh, this lead gen works for me. This strategy works for me or this strategy doesn't work for me. Um, And, you know, a lot of times we get really comfortable in that. And then we wonder why we can't. It's not working anymore or, um, you know, we're not reluctant to try something new. And it's so interesting because I've heard of some people like don't. Yeah, don't know that Facebook groups can be used really easily and effectively to get leads for your business. And other people have just like already made this decision that it doesn't work. It doesn't work for them. It's just not good. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I kind of walk them through a lot of these steps and they're like, oh my God, I never thought of that. Oh my God, you're right. Like, oh gosh. So um, it is really interesting. Um, You know, the, if people have already made a decision that Facebook groups don't work for them and then they kind of try it and you know, doing it the right, there's a way to do it, um, effectively for your business. So, um, in the ebook, I really wanted to dive deep into like all of the specifics that I use with a lot of my coaching clients, um, who are really looking to get, you know, that maybe they have their first client that they kind of stumbled upon, but they're really struggling to get that second, third and fourth client and start to grow their business, grow their business and really make it into a business. So in the ebook, you know, we really cover content and um, that includes like how to create that content, what that content should look like, how you should be sharing it. And then really engagement and the different types of engagement that there are. I kind of mentioned, um, you know, responding to posts that are looking to hire someone, but also responding to posts that are just questions or posts that are asking how to do something and how to really leverage your knowledge and your resources to be able to become 
a knowledge expert and have yourself recognized as a subject matter expert in that group and how to follow up with those leads and how to make sure you're getting those leads on discovery calls and booking them and all of those things and making sure, you know, you're not only finding those new leads in the, in Facebook groups, but they're turning into sales. Cause that's the most important thing, right? We don't really care if a lead, mm-hmm. how, you know, I don't really give a shit if you have a hundred leads, if none of them are converting, what is the <laughs> point? right? There is none. So we really cover all of that and how to, how to start like using Facebook groups effectively immediately. And then also once you start doing that, how to systematize that process that it's taking you less and less time and how to outsource a big chunk of that process so that, you know, once you're getting the, you're converting those leads into sales and you have less time to do more lead gen, but you want to continue scaling, you know, how do you do that? Well, you need to systematize and outsource. And so what does that look like to continue keeping Mm -hmm. Facebook groups as an effective lead generation strategy? Yeah, that was reading through your ebook. Like I said, literally until a couple months ago, I didn't even know this was a thing. But then to see that you like also have a system around it to make it like seamless and easy and something that anybody, you know, a VA or whoever could also do for you is was like, so genius to me. (laughs) But again, I mean, I just I just didn't know this was a thing. So who do you think would benefit the most from finding clients through Facebook groups? Like who's, who's the ideal person to do this? I definitely think that Facebook groups lend themselves really well to service-based businesses. But if Mm -hmm. you have a digital product that can also fit really well. And I mean, Honestly, I could say people who are looking for their second, third and fourth clients, but like I was still using, I have a couple of client openings right now in my digital marketing agency and I'm have a goal to hop in the Facebook groups and do a bit of lead gen this, um, in the next couple of weeks here, you know, even after scaling a business to multiple six figures. So it's really, I don't think, you know, it's not just if you're just starting out or if you are really comfortable in your business and you're ready to scale, I think they're a great solution for anybody who's looking to get some more leads and beyond that. Yeah. Just like sharing your services, but also your digital products because, and people who read the book will, will see this, but it's not just about, you know, answering those I'm hiring posts. It's also about, you know, becoming a subject matter expert and you can do that by sharing your free challenge that leads into a funnel that sells your, ebook that sells your intensive, um, you know, you can do that and really drive. It's a great traffic driver if you have a funnel built as well. Mm -hmm. And so from a product standpoint, the thing that I thought of immediately was that like I'm in stationary groups and I think that there's an opportunity here to, you know, I'm not active in them, but if I were active in them, then maybe next time somebody can't do an order they would think of that person who's active in the Facebook group before, you know, like to, as a referral system as well. Exactly. I see it so much um, for photographers and mm-hmm. DJs. I'm thinking just specifically for the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would think people, wedding planners too. Wedding planners. Yeah. And because in the wedding industry, you know, people really are invested, right? I mean, like in business, you know, everybody's invested, but it's like a wedding, right? Like yeah. you could potentially, like if you drop the ball, somebody's double booked. I literally just saw this the other day. A bride changed her um, wedding date by one weekend and like forgot to tell her photographer and the photographer is already booked. And so they, the photographer hopped in a group to be like, I have this bride. Can anyone help for the, you know, this is the date because it's like, nobody mm-hmm. wants to like ruin the best fucking day of your <laughs> life. So yes. people really try and they really care and they really want to be able to like recommend a quality, provider to you Mm -hmm. um if they're if they can't um you know serve you um for whatever reason so again that's like you're creating a reputation for yourself right as an expert um in that space yeah and so laney and i also have this networking guide that's in the client bundle and i see this that just that just goes along with it as well like if you can't meet these people face to face at least you can meet them in a Facebook group and like build those connections so that you can help each other too. I mean, you don't want to just take all the leads, but you know, if, if you, if you're not the right fit for a client, then you can refer these people that, you know, from the Facebook group or, you know, post something there as well. So I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing the value now that I didn't see like, you know, a month ago when you mentioned this. So it's, it's funny how this went from like something I'd never heard of to like one of the best ideas <laughs> that it's I've like ever heard. So ninja, it's like ninja lead gen. It really is. Cause it's like, you have to spend, I mean, like <laughs> I have spent time thinking about it and developing like all these processes and strategies and stuff like that. Right. So if you don't really sit down and think about it, you just be like, yeah, I don't know Facebook group. Sure. I guess whatever, but it like actually is so effective. Mm-hmm. I literally, I was just thinking about, um, a couple of months ago, I had someone tag me and who I've never met this person tagged me in a post in a Facebook group for someone who was looking to hire digital marketing. So they became my digital marketing agent, a client for my digital marketing agency. And then before we had even started working together, they signed their contracts and everything. But before we had actually started working together, they referred me to another client. It was ridiculous. It was like, you don't even know me yet. Like, what the hell? (laughs) But because it's it's in the Facebook group, it does. It gives this like sense of community, even though it's on the Mm -hmm. internet and you've never met before and they live halfway across the country. It still gives a sense of community. And so that's why it is kind of like a referral and a warmer lead Mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. And it's an interesting way to like, basically you're networking, but it's not local. And I think that when a lot of people think of networking, they think of like going to networking events and like, you know, especially in the wedding industry, like they'll have, um, the fairs and a lot of the vendors will like meet locally and stuff. And so it's kind of your way to do that when you don't run a local business. Cause like, I personally don't do any of my business. I would do very little of my business locally. And if you're an online agency or an online business, you, you don't, you don't really want to focus on just locally because you're limiting so much potential like you, like I'm sure that you, I mean, you do all over, all over, right? I have probably met like 10% of my clients ever, ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not interested. I don't want to be local because then you're going to like try and see me and make me go places. Like I'm not trying to (laughs) change out of my leggings and my hoodie. I'm sorry. No, it's a no, Mm -hmm. but it really is. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, that just made me think of, (laughs) when we were going 
to our coaching thing to get certified. And she was like, we, we should look nice because we're coaches. And you were like, oh, I just so want to wear leggings. So <laughs> offended. Okay. And I was uncomfortable the whole time. It's fine. Mentally <laughs> and physically. Um, <laughs> push yourselves. Comfort zone. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, it is like so great. And it is definitely like people get really um, weird about networking and mm-hmm that's fine. Like this is, it's such a good way to like network and there's less stress on it. Right. And, but people, you know, people are starting new businesses every single day, right? There's more and more entrepreneurs and Facebook groups are a, a, the main place that they, I mean, they go and they follow people on Instagram and everything. Right. But like if someone has a question and they're just starting their business or they're not sure about something and they have a question, the likelihood that they're going to go into a Facebook group and post it is so high. And then if you can engage with them in a really helpful and meaningful way, like they're going to remember you. So then, you know, Mm -hmm. when they need, you can't take a a client or, you know, need help or, you know, whatever, they're going to think of you, right? And so it really is this great way to network and people like really remember the meaningful connections that they've made online. So yeah, I definitely think that it is. Facebook groups are just the ninja of networking, of lead generation, of content, everything. I love that. Okay. I do want to back up and I want to hear more about like when you left your full-time job and how you knew it was time. Cause I think that's a really scary thing for everybody to like make that choice and feel confident in that choice to leave a steady paycheck and go to something that's a little bit unknown. Sure. So I, um, so at first, when I first started my business, I was basically in the process of moving to from Florida to New York City. Um, like I knew I was moving a few months later. And so and I was really just starting my career, right? Like I went um, from getting my undergrad and I just worked for like a year and then I got my master's degree. So I was really starting off in my career and um you know, so I was like, great, I'm going to do this on the side, make some extra cash. New York City is expensive. This is great. You know, I was working and that was good. Um, and then pretty much like uh, within a year, I was like, mm, yeah, I'm going to think I think I want to work for myself. Like, I think this is the vibe that we're is going towards here. Um, so then from that point, like I would say 2015 on, it was really just like, okay, I'm going to work for myself. But, you know, at some point, like I'm just not, you know, I was getting married during that time. Um, so there was like a lot of expenses. So I was just still like, okay, great. You know, but I'm living in New York. It's super expensive. So I'm going to just continue to, to run my business on the side for extra cash. And then my um, career, my full-time career was going really, really well. I basically was adding like $20,000 onto my salary every year for four years. So it was great. It was like, I'm getting so much money. So I was just like, I'm just going to be super rich. I'm going (laughs) to keep running my business on the side. This is great. This is phenomenal. Like it's a great feeling to live in New York City and not feel poor because that is not (laughs) something that happens often. And that is just a phenomenal feeling. Right. Um, So, so yeah, but I really was like, you know, I knew I wanted to work for myself at some point in the future. And it was just like, basically, you know, I'm at SantaCon 
you know, looking great, drinking, I don't know, like PBR or something, being ridiculous. And um, I just was like, man, I just, it's, I just really, I think, I, I when am I going to ever work for myself? And this was 2017 at this point, the end of 2017. And I was just like, I want to work for myself before I'm 30. Like, I know, you know, I'm married at this point. I know I, I don't want to have kids yet, but I want to have like a few solid years of just like working for myself, being my own boss before I like go to the next chapter of my life and start having kids. And like, when is that going to happen? So that's kind of when um, I realized I was like, okay, I love New York so much, but I, we really need to leave if I'm going to go full time. Cause I just didn't want that like pressure of, immediately needing to replace all the money I was making because at that point I was making six figures at my full-time job. So I just didn't want the pressure to immediately scale, you know, add $50,000 onto my business, you know, as soon as possible. So we decided we were going to leave New York and, and, and we weren't ready to settle down yet. So we were like, all right, we're just going to buy a camper and we're going to like travel around the country full-time. So our expenses went from like a lot to none, which is great, which is so great. Also feeling rich then, <laughs> just like so much money. Um, mm-hmm. But so it was really just this matter of like, I always knew I was going to work for myself. It was just a matter of when, which is definitely like a mindset thing. And I recognize that um, I talk sometimes about like, I'm not really into the woo woo stuff. Um, but I do really like the Enneagram and like Enneagram eights are always like really confident and everything. So it was never like, is this going to happen? It was just always a matter of when. So then it was really figuring out, okay, the when is going to be in 2018 when our lease is up in New York. So then I could focus on the how, how does this need to happen? Right. So I was able to really easily decrease my monthly expenses, buy a lot, right? Like I was paying $27.50 a month in rent. So it's really easy to decrease your expenses if you're not living in a really expensive city. So that was like one way I was able to do it. But I've seen other people and I've worked with other people where they focus on um, really fully replacing their full-time income before they leave their full-time job. And for a lot of service providers and done for you service providers, like virtual assistants and things like that, that's really difficult because you think you're trading time for money, right? And there's only so many hours in a day. You're only one person. Um, So it's really getting clear on like, how are you going to do that? Once you decide, yes, this is going to happen. How is this going to happen? How am I going to do it? And that could be decreasing your expenses. It can also be increasing your your revenue, your income, right? And that could be through maybe outsourcing um, so that you can take on more clients. That could be creating some digital products, passive income, things like that. So there's it. it's really all about getting the mindset and the confidence to say, yes, this is going to happen. And then from there, realistically looking at, okay, now how am I going to make it happen? Which I think people don't often Mm -hmm. get past the first step to get to the second step, you know? So they start trying to figure out the, how is it going to happen? I love hearing you say that because like, like you said, you're not really like woo woo. You're not, um, as like, you know, you don't do the cards like I do and stuff like that, but you Mm -hmm. are like so confident in, you know, you knew that this was the step that you were going to take that like you had to decide it was going to happen. And then you'd figure out how later. And I was just saying that to my coaching client last night, like 
I didn't know how I was going to make a million dollars this year, but like I'm, I decided I was going to, and then, and then I figured out how, and that like is such a silly thing to say out loud. I feel like, like two years ago, me would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? But now like, I know that to be true. Um, and it's just, it's just nice to hear you say that. Cause we're like, we're, we are very different. Like you're an eight and I'm a six and you're married to a six and I'm married to an eight. So that's super fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so funny too. Cause I think once you, if you haven't decided it's going to happen yet and instead first you start figuring out the how you're a lot mm-hmm. of times, I think people limit, limit the options they have available to them to get to that thing yes. that they want because they, they're not actually confident that that's like a foregone conclusion yet. And so once you really can get to that space, I think that really opens up your mind of you start to think about everything, everything as a possibility, right? I could do, oh, I could do this. I could do that. And so I think that's why some people don't really sit down and really try to get to that place of like, yes, this is happening. And they try and do the how first. Um, and you're mm-hmm. kind of leaving money or time or resources on the table. Yeah. But I think it doesn't come natural to a lot of people to do that. It's, it's like our logical part of our brain is like, okay, but how am I going to make a million dollars? I have to figure that out before I make the million dollars. And really it starts with like, no, just decide you're going to do that, which I did. So we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny because I was talking to my coach earlier today and she, she was saying this exact thing. Like I just, wherever my focus goes is, is what's going to happen. So when I was really focused on scaling my business and growing my business in the fall, like that's what happened. And, and I made that happen. And, and now I'm really focused on like finding some more space for myself and working a little bit less while still, you know, making the same or more money. And so really putting my focus focus there and figuring out solutions to make sure that that happens because I'm always give myself that confidence that like, if I want that, you know, I wanted to move to New York city. So we moved to New York city. Like it's always in my personal life and my business. Like if I want a thing to happen, like it's going to happen, period. There's no alternative. Mm -hmm. And so I think just giving your, like being confident in yourself to be able to, to do that, to make those things happen is so important. Yeah. I love that. Um, is there anything else that we need to know about Facebook groups or you? Cause I don't feel like I have no more questions. You answered <laughs> more than I even, <laughs> even knew before. So I think definitely like, um, you know, when it comes to Facebook groups, if you're not sure, like always be thinking about the value that you're sharing. Right. So a lot of times people think like, Oh, Facebook groups are dumb because it's just like some person sharing their most recent blog right and they're horrible and that's bad okay so why don't you be the person to like share something that's better than that first of all because then that means your content is really gonna stick out because it's not gonna be that and then why don't you just like engage with that person's content they obviously want someone to comment on it so like why don't you like give them a drink because they're thirsty and engage with them like, you know, be nice because then guess what? People are going to look at that post and be like, "Ugh, blog, whatever. And then they're going to see your great comment. Mm-hmm. And be like, wow, that person's nice. That, that was nice of them. Right. So I think just really always keep in mind, like the value that you're sharing and making sure that we're not just doing clap, 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 yas girl, because those comments are trash. 
mean, mm-hmm. they're fine, but that's not meaningful. We're making meaningful connections online. And yeah, and just like get in there, right? Like just do the damn thing. That's how I did it. And now mm-hmm. it's like I can get a client whenever I want because I've developed these strategies and I know how it works. But it all started with just like getting in groups and seeing what worked and what didn't and experimenting. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people um, maybe look at Facebook groups as just like too much competition. And so mm-hmm. they don't see it as the opportunity to reach out to people and like build connections. It's just like where all your competition is hanging out. So you have to hang out there too. So it's, it's also just kind of like a mindset shift to look at it as an opportunity to find clients instead of like where all your competition is, you know? Yeah. Like there's I room mean, for us all. Yeah, exactly. I really don't believe in competition because like, guess what? That person who's your competition, if they get a referral that they really like cannot handle, they might think of you and send them that that referral your way. Or if they can't make that date or whatever, it's not going to work. Guess what? They might send send that person that way. Like there's plenty of room for all of us. The people who are complaining about competition are the people who are probably delivering subpar services or like shitty products. So like maybe we need to get a little introspective there. (laughs) Um, Like I literally know so many like, you know, I like photographers or wedding planners are like such a good example. Like, you know, they're not like hoarding their clients and being sketchy and like hissing at each other like crazy, like witches or anything. Like everybody is in it together and we're all trying to figure things out. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. when you approach it from that way, it's just like, your life is just going to be better. Like, why do you want to be like mean and rude to people all the time? That's not good. It's not good for your skin. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Well, thanks so much for coming on today and um, enlightening us about Facebook groups because, you know, I had no idea. Um, And I'm so excited for your guide because I read through it and it's just like I said, I, this whole thing is a new idea to me, but then the fact that you can like systemize it and outsource it and like, just make it a freaking machine so that you don't have to worry about getting, finding those leads is just, I mean, I think genius. So, um, thanks so much for coming on and just spilling all the beans when it comes to Facebook. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm excited and you know, I'm really happy and I can't wait to, see the success that people find in using these strategies, you know, to start like making some damn sales and doing things and just being amazing entrepreneurs. So I'm excited. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Tipsy Business Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, I would love for you to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. I'd also love to hear from you. You can go to www.tipsybusinesspodcast.com to drop a comment or episode suggestion or learn more about what it is that we do. Cheers. All right. And that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you found all of those strategies and tips really helpful. If you are wanting to learn more about using Facebook groups for lead generation, I have an ebook on my website, Sam Nicola Digital, that is all about implementing this strategy for your business. And if you have any questions about this, hit me up on Instagram. I'm at sam.dnicola. That's at S-A-M.D-I-N-I-C-O-L-A. And I'd love to answer any questions that you have. And I will see you next time on the No Fluff Small Business Simplified Podcast.